Good morning and welcome back to Driving Theology. I need to apologize for not posting podcasts recently. Um, two weeks ago I had a technical difficulty where my battery ran out in the middle of recording, so I really need to keep my eye on the light, and I think I'm just going to redo that podcast. Not that I remember what it was about exactly, but... <laughs> It never stopped me before <laughs> fumbling, fumbling around in the dark trying to find a, some kind of a thread uh, of uh, inspiration or intelligence or, or uh, at least innovation. Um, start with a date today. It's uh, something's flopping around in my car. I wonder if I have. Probably gonna have to stop here in a second. may have a strap that I left on top of my car that's, I don't hear it now, so maybe it's all right. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, November, I don't know exactly what date, I'm not even sure. That's a good question, what is it? Well, it's got to be in the 20s, or close to 20, I got back on the 15th, uh, let's see, 15th was Friday. 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. I think it's the 20th, November 20th. I uh, went to a conference last week with my buddy Cam. I'll try to get Cam on the podcast one of these days. Um, he's not much of a podcast guy, but uh, I think he'd have a lot to, to say and add. Um, <clears throat> uh, Cam just moved here. He's a, a missionary from... Uh, Indiana, who's been working in relief uh, and uh, small church ministries up in um, Tohoku, I guess, um, in Ishinomaki with the church group that I know well up there called B1. And uh, they, he and his wife and two kids have relocated to our city. Uh, his wife is originally from this city, so her mom and sister live here. And so they're now going to be living very close to where we are, which is, which is great. Uh, we love them. We've known them for many years and been following their, their lives and ministry and see them a couple times a year. Uh, but now they're pretty much in our backyard and uh, feels just like family coming home, which is great. So Cam and I went to this uh, conference last week called CPI. Japan, which is Church Planting Institute Japan. I suppose there are other CPIs, other church planting institutes out there, but this is the, the Japanese one, and it's basically a uh, evangelical uh, uh, small e, evangelical uh, gathering of missionaries, uh, church planters, pastors, uh, church leaders in general, uh, who are interested in seeing uh, the kingdom of God grow through church plants, through church planting. And this is about my fourth CPI. I think it's about my fourth. I really can't remember how many I've been to. But they used to be every year. Now they're every other year. I think my first one would have been in maybe 2006. I don't know why that date sticks in my head as my first CPI, but that's what... I remember as being my very first CPI was 2006, and uh, I've gone, yeah, 
maybe two other times before this year. Uh, this year was way down south in a city called Kakegawa, which is in Shizuoka Prefecture. Shizuoka is one of the prefectures that um, hosts Mount Fuji, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, and it borders on the Pacific Ocean down uh, south and um, south and west of Tokyo. Uh, and actually the city is southwest of Mount Fuji, uh, mostly south. And so we were down there for three days, um, three days, two nights. We, uh, Cam and I trained down there. We took the train uh, through Tokyo and got on the bullet train. If you've heard of the Japanese Shinkansen, which is the bullet train, and got out there and just had a really good time. We, uh, each of us had, uh, well, actually, Cam was with was with people that he had, that, that he knew from Ishinomaki, which is kind of cool. So he had some, some roommates uh, that were, yeah, um, familiar to him. But I was with uh, three people that I'd never met before. And anyway, it was, uh, it was pretty good. So church planting in Japan, you know, back, I guess, 13 years ago when I went first was very much oriented, and I was very much oriented at that time on, you know, planting churches that were basically traditional or institutional uh, churches. Um, I guess that's the best way to look at it. Are you going to stop there? <clears throat> um, so, but over time, as, as, uh, I guess the best broad term there is for this phenomenon is fresh expressions. As as fresh expressions of church have become become more and more uh, well known and popular, uh, it's kind of uh, somewhat uh, added, and maybe even become dominated by uh, churches that are not uh, traditional. Now they still. There's still groups that advocate the, the planting of things like uh, mega churches. You know, uh, Acts 29 was there this time. Uh, Acts 29 is a. Um, I can't remember all the guys that were involved with Acts 29, but one of the one of the most infamous guys is uh, Mark Driscoll. Uh, was associated with Acts 29, and uh, you know he obviously got uh, fell from grace pretty hard. Um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, so they were there and they, they kind of advocate for, you know, big church and, you know, big worship and big, big bands and, and all the stuff that mega church is doing. I haven't heard anything on the theology of the smoke machine or anything like that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Acts 29 was there. Um, but basically it's a lot of people who are interested, uh, in, in church planting, you know, starting new churches. Uh, and a lot of times we talk about starting new churches in unreached cities, cities that don't even have one, one church. And actually what I've, what I've found 
more often than I like is that uh, sometimes that might might mean doesn't have a church of your particular denomination, you know, of an approved uh, evangelical uh, church. You know, maybe they have a Catholic church or you know something else. It's okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, what I was, what I got out of the, um, out of the conference, um, was a renewed belief that um, uh, discipleship is still the vehicle. Of, that creates authentic church. Discipleship is the vehicle that creates authentic church. Uh, And church is not a good word, so I'll just say discipleship creates authentic disciples. (laughs) Or the most authentic disciples we have. Maybe maybe, uh, there are no perfectly authentic disciples, you know, perhaps. But uh, not all Christians are disciples, but all disciples are Christians, right? Um, a disciple is a very specific, uh, I guess, manifestation of the church. Um, a disciple is different from a believer in that a disciple... Um, to be a disciple, you do the stuff, you do the things, you, you model the life of the person who discipled you, right? You try to model their life um, as best you can. Um, and of course, if we're disciples of Jesus, then we're trying to model our lives after Jesus. Um, but the discipler is is on that journey with us. You know, he's discipler is somebody who comes along and devotes time to you uh, so that you can um, yeah, so that you uh, are able to um, learn with with somebody that has a uh, critical in a good way, I don't mean that negatively critical but somebody who can who can observe you uh, and and help you tweak things you need to tweak uh, in order to be a, um, a truer disciple of Jesus or a more effective disciple of Jesus or however, however we want to say that so I thought today you know we talk a little bit about discipleship and now that I realize that that's what I want to talk about that's nothing about what I was talking about last week um, Unfortunately, last week, I think I recorded probably less than half the podcast because my batteries went out and I didn't either hear the beep or didn't tell me or whatever. Sad thing is I had extra batteries with me. I could have, you know, pulled over and quickly changed them, but I just didn't know. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'll try to listen to the beginning of that podcast and maybe pick up that thread another time. But today I want to do what's fresh on my heart, what's fresh on my mind, yeah, so discipleship. Uh, we went to uh, a couple of sessions. They have 
I guess what they call breakout sessions where you can choose uh, which class you want to go to. We had times of corporate worship and teaching, but we also had times of, uh, yeah, where we had uh, kind of elective courses, I guess, where we could go and, and uh, choose who and what we wanted to study and who we wanted to hear from. So I went first to a discipleship thing, and I can't remember right now the specific, um, the specific title. Uh, I remember the guy who spoke, and I remember the room was packed. And so the fact that there were so many people choosing to go to the discipleship thing um, tells me possibly two things. One, people believe in discipleship. They, they believe it's necessary and that it's, it's the way to go forward. Uh, and two, they feel like they're failing in discipleship. <laughs> I'm not saying that's for sure what we get out of it, but, but um, that's, that's why I was there. <laughs> so maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I went there and there were some really great things uh, that happened. One of, one of them, I want to say this, it's maybe not the best time to say it, but I don't, I don't want to forget it. Uh, my daughter Erica's best friend, um, Serene Miko, her father was there. Her father is a missionary as well, named Andy. Andy Miko and his wife have uh, authored a uh, discipleship series uh, of five books, which I did purchase. They're all in Japanese. And basically, they, they one, one of the one of the premises that they uh, go from is that Japanese people culturally and historically understand discipleship. They understand what a disciple is, and they understand the the relationship of master and disciple. Um, I don't think we call it that at least not in, with today's proclivities but uh, or sensitivities, I guess. But it's basically the idea of master and discipleship. Another way of, to say that is, uh, you know, master and apprentice is another way that that kind of works out. Um, because Japanese have, have used and still used the discipleship method as, as one of the main ways of teaching, especially uh, uh, cultural... Uh, activities, um, arts, uh, martial arts, um, all of these things are basically taught in kind of a, a uh, you know, using discipleship as the way it's done, right? Uh, and my, my wife is kind of in one of these relationships with her flower arranging uh, teacher who is, you know, she's the, the master. And then my wife, uh, basically in a lot of ways how it works out is she's basically a servant of this lady but in the process of serving her in what she's doing my wife is also learning uh, the the art and and how a master uh, artist does does their job right she's able to learn that by 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 obeying and, and serving by the way I'm drinking uh, a blend of uh, Papua New Guinea coffee that I roasted yesterday and uh, <clears throat> some uh, Ethiopian coffee that was kind of probably a mistaken roast didn't turn out great um, 
that I roasted about two, a little over two weeks ago. So I'm combining the two to see what it's like. It's actually not bad. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> uh, so Andy kind of presented this in, the, in a, you know, the, the idea that Japanese understand discipleship, like they get that, that method of education. You know, a bell went off in my head. I was like, yeah, of course that's true because I, you know, I've seen my wife uh, kind of in that uh, role, right, as disciple. Uh, they don't really call it that, but that's what, it, well, they actually they do, deshi, right? Deshi uh, is the Japanese word for, for disciple. Um, so, you know, arrogant uh, missionaries sometimes, you know, come along and say, well, we know how to teach you uh, how to be a disciple when actually discipleship in the West is kind of a thing of the past. Like, we don't do discipleship because we don't, we don't have respect for authority. And so discipleship has kind of gone out the window right it's it's more um, yeah you you teach me but I'm gonna I'm gonna be scrutinizing everything you say and if it's something I don't like I'm just gonna tell you uh, because you know I because you know you're not the boss of me <laughs> it's kind of how it comes out Americans uh, especially Americans don't don't really take well to uh, authority um, it's very hard to earn respect as a leader in America. Very difficult, um, uh, and and that shows throughout our entire society, and probably adds a little bit to the chaos of our politics. But I just want to say that I don't think the Japanese form of discipleship either is is um, exactly applicable to the discipleship that Jesus teaches. I don't think it's an exact thing. And, and the reason is that if I'm discipling somebody, I'm really not trying to make disciples of me. I'm trying to make disciples of Jesus, right? Um, I, I, I have no pride um, in whatever I do, or I, I, I ought not to have pride in, in my status or abilities or gifting as a Christian um, because I have a person who I follow, right? And that person is the model. And, and the, you know, the Bible says the author of our faith. Uh, he's the, the beginning and the end. Uh, he's, he's the creator God. And so you know, anything that I am is only because of him. And so to take pride in, in something that I, I uh, am not the originator of, uh, of course, is ridiculous. And so um, there, there is a different way to do discipleship as a Christian that is, that is better, right? It's, it's, it's a better way in that I'm not trying to make disciples of me. I'm trying to make disciples of Christ. And so I would only want uh, a person who I am discipling to follow me in the ways that I am emulating Christ and in no other ways. 
Um, of course, that's a hard thing to do, right? It's, it's quite difficult um, to get to that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Japanese do understand discipleship. Uh, but I think it would need to be tempered a bit with uh, Christian discipleship before we just embrace it completely. Now, this is not what Andy said. This is just me brainstorming. Um, Andy may, I, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Andy would agree with me. Um, and I sat down and had, had a conversation about his series, and I'm pretty excited about it. I can't wait to get it in English. I think he's going to send me a PDF in English that goes along with it so that I can go ahead and read through it and, and uh, you know, come up with a game plan on how uh, or if we're going to use it in some way. Um, but I'm excited about the idea and I, I fully support that premise uh, that we don't need to teach uh, Japanese how to do discipleship. And in fact, we could learn a lot from Japanese how to do discipleship. And I even encouraged a missionary who I met this last weekend to maybe, um, uh, you know, join a, a, an art form or, or something in, in Japan to where they can understand and experience discipleship as um, as a Japanese person would experience it, and 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 I think that's just a good thing to do. Now, I, I'm saying that it's a good thing to do and I haven't really done it. Like, you know, I've I've wanted to do things like uh, martial arts and other things. And, you know, as my body gets older, I just, you know, kind of not sure I could, I could do very well. <laughs> I even went and played basketball uh, a couple nights ago and I'm still limping a little bit. I only played like, I played full court with college kids, so you know they were in really good shape. So I'm not, I'm not embarrassed in my performance too much, but I'm embarrassed that I'm kind of limping around. I've got a knee that's kind of not bending uh, as much as it did before I played. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure my body would hold up if I were to do karate or judo or something like that. Um, and besides, I violence is, is something I'm trying to get out of my system as much as possible um, it's hard, it's difficult you know, I, I've been raised in a, in a country that largely embraces violence violent sports and, and whatnot. so <clears throat> yeah anyway um, I think I think uh, Americans would do well uh, if they're coming here trying to bring discipleship uh, to first become a disciple of a Japanese art form of some kind uh, so that they can get a better understanding of how Japanese understand discipleship uh, and, then, and then hopefully be able to adapt the good parts of that uh, so that we can we can allow people to understand that you know discipleship is something that that you as a Japanese person understand well and I'm not trying to tell you how to do discipleship uh, I, I simply want to introduce you uh, as, as the woman in John 4 said I, I want to introduce you to the man who 
told me everything about my life, right? Who knows everything about me. Uh, and, you know, we can go further uh, to the man who is the author uh, of life. Um, uh, the man who, who gives us uh, heavenly life, right? Otherworldly life, otherwise known as eternal life. Um, we want people to, to have life. As Jesus wanted to bring abundant life, we want also to help people experience and receive that abundant life. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> discipleship, I think, is something that Japanese people get, and we don't have to remake the wheel um, and arrogantly, you know, come into the country uh, trying to tell people how to do discipleship. But um, we, we should... Uh, be careful that we don't become the kind of masters in this discipleship relationship where everything is is based on us and exactly what uh, you know asking students to do what we do and how we do things um, but instead trying to to funnel them to the true master uh, who uh, who is the perfect model of a good life and, and who, through that relationship, uh, will bring them abundant life. So yeah, discipleship. So I, I came back kind of reinvigorated with the idea that discipleship is what we should be about. Yeah, we're going to do other things. You know, we're going to gather and, and, you know, we're going to pray together. And these are all great things. And we're going to uh, do... Um, you know, relief efforts and, you know, help people out. And those are all great things. But but I really think the vehicle that drives, uh, drives the body of Christ um, is discipleship. Uh, and it's personal and it's messy and it's one-on-one -on -one and it's, it's life shared together. Um, but it's also probably the um, the way that we we find the true life in Christ. <clears throat> I'm not going to arrogantly say it's the only way, um, and I can't say that because that would that would mean that that uh, I have not found it. Uh, and I'm maybe not ready to admit that yet. It, it may or may not be true. Because I was raised mostly in a church that, that did teaching, you know, not discipleship so much. Although I could, I could probably say that I've been discipled somewhat by my parents. Um, you know, I lived life with them and they were, they were good Christian people. And so I learned a lot from them. But I've also learned um, some things that I don't want to emulate in them. Uh, and hopefully I'm able to to go farther and deeper than they did and I, that's what I want for my kids uh, I don't want them to stop at my understanding but to be able to go deeper uh, deeper with Christ uh, than I ever have and that's why I keep trying to go deeper 
if I can if I can blaze the path a little bit for them, all the better. Um, I'm not sure that's possible. Everybody seems to be on their own journey, and despite uh, you know perceived advantages, uh, they don't always work out as advantageous, right? Kids who grow up in Christian homes aren't always the best models of Christ, right? <laughs> um, it's not a given. People have to take their own journey at some point. Um, so, yeah. Um, discipleship. How do you think that works out with you? Uh, how, do, how do you know where to start with, with uh, discipleship? One of the best explanations I heard, uh, I don't remember where I heard it now, uh, for discipleship is just time spent together. Right? Discipleship doesn't happen without two people spending time together. And I've noticed that two people that spend a lot of time together, uh, discipleship just happens. Now it may not be, it may not be um, discipleship of Jesus, right? Uh, but just to give you an example, uh, I've I've been into watches the last year or so. I've really been into wristwatches. And then you know, Cam and I, as as he was preparing to move here, uh, we were hanging out a lot together. And I noticed he didn't didn't wear a wristwatch. I'm like, I noticed you don't wear a wristwatch. He says, Yeah, I you know they get in the way of my work, and, and I had one or two, but you know one of them just ripped right off. The band ripped when I was wearing it. So I told him, you know, okay, well, you know, bring me your watch, and I'll put a new band on it. I'll fix it up for you. And so you know, eventually they moved here, and he brought his watch, and I fixed it up, and and now he he wears a wristwatch. Uh, pretty much every time I see him, he, he enjoys it. Like he's he's never been a wristwatch person, but now um, through me, he's gotten more interested in wristwatches, right? And he notices the watches I wear, and I notice when he wears a watch, and it's just something that 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 he has uh, just in a small, very insignificant way emulated in me, and that. And that should be a lesson to us too. You know, be sure you do good stuff. And I'm not claiming that that you know being into wristwatches is a good thing. Um, I'm just telling you that discipleship happens, right? It's it's a pretty natural thing when two people hang out a lot together. Um, discipleship happens, right? We we emulate each other. I get interested in what you're interested in. You get interested in what I'm interested in. Uh, another case in point, I, I hang out and have hung out a lot with Patrick. Patrick's been on the podcast several times. Um, one of the things that I emulate in him is I started uh, kayaking. You know, I, he was really into it. He had a kayak. Uh, I went kayaking with him, and eventually I bought a kayak, and now I kayak too, and I love it. Uh, and I try to get other people involved in that too. So in that way, I'm, I'm a disciple of Pat as far as... Uh, you know, kayaking goes. Um, you know, different brands of different things, right? We're talking about all physical things at this point. But it happens in other ways. You know, we 
we uh, get interested in the same books or get interested in the same movies. And in this way, I think Patrick and I have been kind of mutually discipling each other. Uh, we have that kind of close relationship. Uh, but it's not, certainly not one of master-apprentice. Uh, it's, it's not like that. I, I think with Patrick and I, we're just really good friends. And, and it's more like, you know, as iron sharpens iron, I think it says maybe in the Psalms. Um, you know, we are, we, we uh, I suppose it could be said that we keep each other accountable, although we don't really see it that way, probably. Patrick, you can correct me anytime. Um, but, you know, we're close to the same age. Uh, we spend time in the same office where, we, you know, I work part-time, he works full-time. We rub shoulders a lot. And, you know, eventually you're going to rub off on people. And really, in a simple way, that's discipleship. Um, uh, you influence people. Now, if you're if you're if if you're doing Jesus discipleship, if I am emulating Jesus in you know X area of my life, and I hang out enough with Patrick. I hope that in X area of his life, he will also be encouraged to emulate Jesus and actually maybe have some success in doing so. And then as Patrick emulates Jesus in X part of his life, uh, as he hangs out with me, hopefully I will also start emulating Jesus in X part of my life. Um, and in that way, uh, I think we can we can disciple each other. Now, perhaps a new Christian, you know, a baby Christian would not be able to be in this kind of, uh, you know, equal discipleship, discipling relationship. Maybe that wouldn't work well with somebody who's, who's just a new Christian, and that's understandable. But at the same time, those of us who are ahead in the faith cannot lord it over, right? We cannot, we cannot be the kinds of masters um, that the world uh, looks up to. And I think that's what uh, Jesus was talking about, you know, with his disciples. Do not lord it over people um, as you lead them. And unfortunately, I am completely out of time. I'm at my school. I think I could probably keep going over this. Uh, but just, just what's come to my head right now, and I don't know that this is true, uh, I think once you get to a certain um, maturity level in Christ, I think mutually uh, beneficial relationships uh, are probably the best thing that you can do. You know, something that gives you uh, the freedom um, to help somebody out, but also you are open enough and humble enough to receive help and even criticism, uh, hopefully constructive uh, criticism that builds up um, from other people. Uh, but new Christians probably need uh, mature Christians to disciple them, people that, that have lived a little bit of life with Christ, uh, but who are humble enough to realize that uh, it is only Christ in us um, that can disciple people well. And therefore, we can take no credit for that. 
So thank you guys. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you later. Have a good week. And uh, go with God. Bye-bye.